Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what happened there. But uh, to start things over fresh, welcome to this week's episode of More Tech. I'm your host, Michael Amorgan. And, uh, you know, if at any point inside this show you actually like what we're doing here, feel free to hit that like, subscribe, or follow button. And if you're on YouTube, click that little button that has a little, like, a looking bell. And uh, that'll let you know whenever we go live or, uh, well, put anything new up. But moving forward, we actually have a lot of different topics today. And it's great to see that we already have people that's already on and watching. I'd like to just give a shout out to Bess, Juan, and Jackie for already being here and, uh, you know, being a part of the show. But moving on. Yes, I know it's so much better, Jackie, especially now that I can actually be heard. Um, but share this really quick and great. This week we have a number of interesting topics, but I always say interesting, but they are actually interesting. Ah, no one, you're not too late. <laughs> but here's the thing. So we're going to start off with one of the, imp one of the topics, which is actually pertaining to Google and it's a little weird so anyway so yes google bought waze and now they've been slowly slowly integrating different things into waze this time they seem to be integrating some of waze's more popular features which okay so the whole thing behind waze is it allows you to pretty much report uh and well you can create your own maps by actually using it might be the last two not a good you want to be entertained stick around a little bit trust me you will be um but so here's the thing Waze allows you to pretty much go across the map and pave your own map in a way and this is this is better than what google maps has been doing especially since they have actually cut back on what allows you to actually contribute to the map because some people were doing things like putting drawings of penises and uh saying inappropriate things on google maps because they allowed for pretty much you to overlay things and like make things look like they were certain things so that didn't end off so well and so google punished the majority of its good citizens for the actions of a select few bad citizens and it was only a select few people got pissed people got angry and but then again it's google and you can't really do anything with that so people just kind of left at that google lets you say some inappropriate things well that depends on where you can't see it on google maps anymore that's for sure so google maps closed down pretty much most of it and has only started as of i think this last year and this year to uh actually go about and how should i put it make suggestions that things should be changed if the road's missing you can suggest that there's a road missing you can't actually say okay well there's a road from this point to this point and it turns right here now you agree with them Juan? really I mean, it was it was quite literally only like maybe four people that really abused it, at least that were re reported on, at least. 
Um, but at the same point, you had hundreds of thousands of people who were doing really good work with it, making sure other places were updated. Like these were called local guides. And so, you know, bad people are everywhere. It's true, but it wasn't really being abused. That's the thing. Hugh White says that he would abuse it if it was still around, but he's a Russian bot. So, hmm, you're a Russian bot. Interesting. Anyway, <laughs> let me let me not delve down that rabbit hole. The key thing about it is Google seems to be taking the key some key points from Waze, which allows you to also put in things like if there's a crash or an accident on the thing. So people know that maybe should, they should take another route. If there's heavy traffic, if there's pretty much cops stopping cars, if there's a speed tracker, essentially like they're, they're trying to catch you speeding. There's a lot of different stuff that essentially they allow the community to tell the rest of the community. And this works worldwide. There's no limitations. And they've actually even recently placed in things where you can find gas stations and the best gas stations to go to price-wise that's on your route. So those are actually pretty neat and nifty features. Google, on the other hand, is now taking two elements of that and adding it to Google Maps for its navigations. The first one is the speed tracking. And the other one is, well, take a look for yourself. It's crashes. Essentially what they're doing, I believe, and what a lot of people are wondering, is that they're slowly starting to merge over Waze into Google Maps. Whether this will happen though, it's highly doubtful. <laughs> Google Maps is only good for finding aliens under the sea. Google Maps has actually does have some really interesting maps of the ocean. Like, Go over the Bahamas. You'll notice that the water around the Bahamas is different than almost anywhere else in the world. There's a reason behind that. And it's worth looking into. But many people don't believe me when I tell them about it. So do your own research. But many people are actually wondering if Google is going to be merging those two. But then again, the real question is, have they ever really merged anything? They haven't. They've closed down stuff. They've opened new stuff. We have like five different versions of text messages or messaging systems with Google already. And we had two versions of email gmail and inbox we had orc and google plus going at the same time uh the list goes on and on for the duplicity of different things that they actually allow and it's a little sad because if they actually buckled down integrated things in and did it right it could be amazing with the things that they come up with but they don't they keep the team separated and things suffer because of it. So there's, there's not much hope for that actually happening. Sorry to say, guys, if that's what you're hoping for. It's just... How should I put it? I wouldn't put too much stock in that kind of uh, scenario. If it happens, awesome. If it doesn't, which is more likely, 
Uh, don't be surprised. That's all I'll say on that part. The next thing that's actually happening is that, well, there's been some interesting research going on recently in regards to smartphone batteries. While the batteries are getting bigger, admittedly, people are coming out with uh, 4,000 milliamp batteries, 5,000 milliamp batteries, while the typical phone only has about 3,000 something. The fact of the matter is, well, these phones... <laughs> Did I have a cutie pie? GF Tech Bro? Uh, unfortunately, no. Uh, white. I, I actually don't have a cutie pie girlfriend that's sad thing about life maybe one day though um but yes oh well see that's the thing i'm not looking for a thought i'm looking for a decent woman i'm looking for a queen that's what i'm looking for anyway back on topic While these places are coming out with these bigger batteries, which are admittedly nice, the technology behind them is still not keeping up with things. And that's causing a problem. Like we, had, we actually predicted it would almost five months ago on this same show. The fact of the matter is... What is it with the romance? <laughs> that's not what I meant to say as a follow-up. But uh, yes, that's a very good point, Juan. <laughs> that's a very, very good point. I guess people are interested. But here's the thing. Smartphone batteries just simply aren't lasting as long as they used to. Has has another, like... It has some points to keep in mind when it comes to something like that, though. There were actually tests that were done. And the... Let's see, which exact phone was it? Da -da -da -da. The battery life of the iPhone 10 was slightly worse than the iPhone 8. And the 10s didn't last as long as the um, previous year's iPhone 10. Some people are saying, well, it's sometimes because it's smaller batteries, but at the same point, it's actually not because it's a smaller battery. And that might sound a little weird. It's like, okay, if it's got a smaller battery, then it's of course going to last, not last as long. It's actually still not really much to do with that because the smaller batteries have sometimes smaller screens. And sometimes they have bigger screens, sometimes they don't. But the thing about it is, this is actually happening across the board with both Android and iPhones. And it's not, so it's not uh, operating specific. It's not brand maker specific. This is happening on Samsung. This is happening on HTC. This is happening on iPhone. Uh, it's just happening across the board, even with Google's Pixels. But literally, the Google Pixel 3, uh, I'm trying to remember if it's the 3 or the 3XL. Just find this really quickly just to confirm yeah so it's the google pixel 3 actually lasted an hour and 21 minutes less than the previous year's iphone I mean, google pixel 2 why 
people are finding a lot of different reasons as to what might actually be causing it. And this is actually being done by a lot of different tech bloggers and well, I shouldn't say bloggers, but people that work for tech journalism companies. This includes CNET. This includes uh, Tech Buffalo. This includes uh, Consumer Reports, Tom's Guides, a lot of different places. And the issue with their testing that they're doing, which admittedly even Consumer Reports mentions, is that there's actually no real standard for battery life tests. Samsung is doing their battery tests in regards to how safe the battery is, not how long the battery life will last. And so while Apple is saying that their new phone lasts 21 minutes longer or 30 minutes longer, the fact of the matter is it's actually not. And so that raises questions now of the authenticity of these battery statistics. Not only that, people are now starting to wonder how do they save their battery life? And it kind of goes back to some tried and true methods, turning down your brightness, uh, making sure your phone is on Wi-Fi instead of LTE or any cellular data. And sometimes just putting your phone in airplane mode when you just don't want anyone to contact you and maybe just throwing on Wi-Fi. The reasons for that are pretty simple, but if they don't make sense, let me explain. For starters, the brightness is definitely going to affect your battery life because the more light it has to push out, the more power it's consuming to actually make sure that the battery, well, the screen is producing enough light. This can definitely help hurt, especially when you're outside, when you need more, uh, well, brightness. Uh, Juan saying is we reached, I was, well, he's asking if we reached the limit for batteries and the actual answer is actually at the moment. Yeah, we have, we've reached the, here's the thing. Batteries are improving by about 5% each year, but because of the progress that the technology that's using those batteries are improving, they're surpassing what the actual improvements are. So they're going to like 10 15% requirements more than the previous year, while the batteries are still only giving 5% more. So the time that you're going to be needing the charge is going to start going up. That's why a lot of people are starting to look at wireless charging and fast charging as becoming a standard in smartphones and tablets and the like. Simply because you're going to need to start charging more and staying connected or staying charged i should say now the great thing about this is most of these technologies today will stop charging your phone over the percentage when they hit 100 percent. sometimes they go only up to 99 percent and kind of keep it there so it doesn't burn through the battery life which is great but at the same point other things like having your phone always on uh LTE or using cellular data, especially when you're in areas that are switching between good and bad service, it's going to continuously hit your battery life hard. Main, main reason for that is because your phone is going to continuously try to search for the best signal that it can. And that puts a strain on the battery because it's now using the radio frequencies to try and find it a lot harder. That's why they're suggesting to keep your phone on Wi-Fi as well. So it's using that for internet service more than anything else, so it doesn't need to try and fight as hard for data. But the issue still remains. 
at some point we are either going to need to stop using our phones as much which is one option the second option is we need to improve the charging capabilities or the third option is we need some serious advancements with our battery technology Juan is saying they give you more battery, but many, many apps, it's not fair. And that's true. That is actually very true. The features and the apps that are coming out are very battery intensive. Um, sometimes more so than what most people can actually handle. And I mean, sometimes you just have to accept and roll with that fact. It's not the best, but that's life. At least for us right here in today's day and age. But here's an example of some of the top phones that actually... Uh, have some better battery life uh, so while surfing the web continuously these are the top phones it comes with the iPhone 10R at the top which actually beat both the iPhone 10s and the iPhone 10 battery life then the note 9 then the iPhone 8 plus uh, the pixel 2 XL the iPhone 10 uh, sorry the iPhone 8 so on and so forth Hey, welcome to the stream, Fraudfresh. <laughs> I see you watching on Periscope. So, that said, and... Wait, offline? No, I should be coming back online. I'm not sure exactly why that happens. But, um... Let me see. I think it's actually an issue that my streaming provider is actually having. Double check. Yep. Okay. Copy link address. Uh, need to post this really quick. Happened. You. Okay. So now that that's done with the next real topic that is actually on my list of stuff is actually some interesting phones that have come out. And here's the thing. We've gone through phones before on our previous broadcasts and whatnot, but we have some really weird phones that are coming out this year and the two of them that i'm going to be talking about are the red phone the red smartphone which is actually a phone that was supposed to come out last year and a phone that a lot of people have been waiting for which is um, samsung's galaxy x aka their foldable smartphone which they were working on concept for, for like the past three or four years and it's now almost ready for prime time they're saying uh 2019 so that's going to be coming out next year so here's the thing i'm not going to get too much into the red one i just want to talk about it just and touch on it just a little bit this is a phone made by a company called red red is a maker of high-end professional cameras now these cameras are cameras that are like hollywood style uh very top of the line cameras that you know 
you spend a lot of money for like a few tens of thousands of dollars just like getting everything set up for it the camera the sensor the the box uh so yeah it it's expensive but the quality on it is top notch so they last year they decided hey we're going to announce that we're working on this amazing new phone that's going to revolutionize the way how you actually look at your screen and it's supposed to be like a holograph uh or hologram i should say but it comes off more holographic in the way how they do it so you're not actually going to see anything emerge from your smartphone screen and actually start playing in front of you and seeing it in 3d but the thing about it is what they've done is they've made it a certain weird way uh support them explain one like how how would we support them like you're gonna have to help me out with that one but anyway while you figure that out I'm going to continue. Essentially what they're doing is they are using almost like you have. Have you ever seen those playing cards like Pokemon playing cards that have that holographic foil on it where you shift it and the colors change a little bit or you know, pretty much anything that you look at at a different angle. And it changes the way that you perceive that image either by the colors um, the character moving something along those lines that's essentially what they're trying to do with this technology and they're using two cameras for that in the back and what it's doing is it's taking two photos to give depth perception so that as you move the camera around after you've taken the picture and you're looking at the picture it kind of gives an almost 3d effect and they do have a few videos and whatnot that you know things are coming out at the screen so it makes it feel like it's coming out at you. But it's kind of gimmicky at this point because there's not a whole lot of content for it. Not only that, they are a camera maker. They're making a smartphone. The camera in the phone is not even a camera from Red. It's, from what I've heard, a regular Sony ISO pro sensor. AKA, this is the typical phone camera that you would find inside a phone today. Or should I say last year, since most of the hardware is from last year, including the Snapdragon 835 processor, which is last year's model. We have an 845 this year. So we're already a little bit behind. Then comes the real kicker. This phone is like, $1,200, $1,300 for last year's technology, essentially. The real reason why we're paying for it is because of the holographic screen and the name brand of Red. One thing that they do have that has people curious, though, is that on the back of the phone, there are some pin connectors that they say will allow for different modules to be connected to it. One being a battery pack, the other one being, uh, if I remember correctly, speakers. And then there's the one that's really interesting and catching a lot of people's attention. And that's the camera. They might, might be adding a camera sensor from red to a smartphone. 
And that's what people were really hoping for. So maybe, just maybe, we might still have something. But by the time this actually comes out, and they're saying 2019, this phone's already going to be essentially two years old. Because remember, this is using last year's technology. It may have come out this year. But that doesn't mean anything. If you're already two years behind the game by the time everything rolls out. Just my thoughts. But then, you have got <laughs> Samsung with their Samsung Galaxy X. <laughs> One. We might be watching my th show in 3D years later, but chances are it's going to be using a completely different type of technology. I, I can almost guarantee it won't be using the same kind of holographic thing. It'll actually be more of a 3D technology, what they've been using for 3D TVs for a while now. And 3D TVs have been around for almost a decade now. So the technology behind that isn't really anything new. But it's that within itself is also still a gimmick. And it's not really mainstream. So maybe but people seem more focused on 8K TVs within the next few years. That's what people are really focusing on. That said, and going back to Samsung's Galaxy X, um, Galaxy S, X, sorry. And no, this one doesn't seem to be called the Galaxy 10. This one actually seems to be called the Galaxy X. It's a device that looks like this. For those who didn't see that, I'll play it again. Essentially, this phone is going to allow you to open it up to a tablet size, have three different apps on the screen at the same time, one being the main one, two on the side, and then you can close it down and the main app is going to show up on the how you would normally see the smartphone and you know this is a lot of people are saying it's a gimmick and you know to a certain degree they're right it is a gimmick not everyone's going to want this but a lot of people are i want to find you the exact image for this. Well, the, the, the time where he shows it. And you could actually watch that with me really quickly. Got that. Let's watch that. Well, today we're taking our innovation in mobile to the next level. And I'm honored to share with you our vision for a new generation of smartphones. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the future of mobile display technology, the Infinity Flex Display. So essentially, they are going through a lot of how this was built. And um, 
I'm just going to mute the music for a quick moment. I don't want any copyright infringement stuff happening. <laughs> but. It's coming up in just a moment. This is where he's showing it right here. So if you take a look, you're moving between three different apps. It's arriving soon. Like they're saying, it's 2019. Here's where he actually starts to actually show it off. Today is a big milestone. And I'm sure you're all wondering what it looks like in real life and how it works. Well, want to know more. It's finally here. So they dimmed it down so that you essentially can't see the design. Offering a big screen experience. Thank you. It's gorgeous. When what I love is that there's no like seam in the middle of it. It's a phone that fits neatly inside your pocket. Thank you. He's not done yet, though. Now, of course, I'd get in trouble if I showed you everything today. So we've disguised the elements of the design. But trust me, there's a device inside here, and it is stunning. The Infinity Flex display represents an entirely new mobile platform. We've always strived to bring you meaningful breakthroughs. But despite all that progress, we've been living in a world where the size of your screen could only be as large as the device itself. Exactly. Like humans well, can do amazing things with dimension. this whole Help type of browse, technology launch, thing. Connect and multitask like never before. The Infinity Flex display is the foundation for the smartphone of tomorrow. To build it, we had to invent new materials, throw out old assumptions. Okay. So that's essentially what they're going for with the, uh, the Samsung Galaxy X. And again, like, this is some pretty awesome technology here. But the same point remains, how well received will it be? Will it pull a note where everyone said, you know, phablets are gimmicky. They, they're too big. People won't want them. But then sure enough, Tablets are kind of like a mainstay nowadays where people want bigger phones. Some want styluses, some don't. Styluses are now back because of the Note. Bigger phones are here because of the Note. A phone that people said would not get more than its initial run. It's already on the new Note 9 and is one of the best selling phones in the world. What they're going for with this is not only just a foldable phone, but a rollable phone and a stretchable phone. They're going for three completely different types of markets when it comes to the design of these new phones. And exactly, this phone is a phone and a tablet at the same time. This is going to be the new phablet. Mark my words, they're probably going to say phablet with this again. Or 
Hmm. Yeah, no, they're probably going to call this a phablet. Phablet reimagined or some something along those lines. And... <laughs> White Pancakes, welcome back to the stream. I haven't seen you in a while. Welcome back. But, um, yeah, so these phones are going to be interesting. And I say that simply because they're weird enough to make a dent somewhere in the market line. Now, I don't have a huge anticipation for red. But the Galaxy X? I've already heard people saying that they're interested in that. Interested in the fact that they want to buy it. They didn't even know the price. They just already want to buy it. This phone could cost $1,000. And given today's price range on these phones, that's not much. Phones nowadays, the high tier ones, they're going for around $1,000 anyway. So, why not? Me personally, though, I probably will not end up getting one until its second version comes out. I'm a bit more cautious with this kind of stuff nowadays just because sure Samsung could come out with it and then drop it. They they are the company that essentially throws stuff at the wall and sees what sticks and then continues throwing more stuff at the wall and seeing what else sticks and then kind of merging everything that that sticks and moving forward. So that's their game plan with that. I don't want to be the one that doesn't stick to the wall. And that's where, if it's making a second version, chances are it's done pretty well for itself. Now, I do want to mention something that I found interesting. I think that was the last episode that we did for more tech. We talked about the OnePlus 6T. Just as it's something to touch on. The line for that phone at T-Mobile, from what I've seen and from what I've researched on this, has actually bypassed the lines that typically happen when people sit out and wait for iPhones. And I think that's one of the first times that's ever happened for an Android device. I just want to give kudos to OnePlus for that. Good job. You, you've actually done... An amazing job of running these phones to the point that people love your product enough to beat the almost cult type following that iPhone has. Where people would have literally stayed out of stores for five days before a launch just to make sure they're one of the first to ever get it. That's amazing. Good job. Another topic that I want to talk on is, well, how should I put this? No, Vicky's not going to like that news at all. Um, when we actually mentioned it in the chat, she did not respond. She didn't even respond to it. Like she responded to something completely different instead of our uh, host chat. And I can't really blame her. But at the same point, she recognizes that these phones are coming up. So it's not entirely surprising to her. 
and um i mean it is what it is these phones are getting better like chinese phones and these third-party brand makers they're coming up with some amazing designs some amazing features and you know if these major companies don't start to like actually up their ante they're gonna start to really feel the pressure i think this is one of the key stepping stones for them feeling that pressure right here that you know a company can come in and within a few years pretty much bust down and overtake apple in terms of people waiting in line for a phone and not only that like this is not even online sales this is at a physical store location that is impressive that my friends is impressive now I do want to leave off with one thing. It's a little political and I, I apologize to my, my listeners for this. I'm not going to get too into detail with it, but recently in the States, as of this week, there was a vote and I mentioned it on our, uh, esports rap show on Tuesday that, you know, I, I supported people going out to vote. However, they so chose. One thing that Google did was an interesting move and one that makes sense and kind of goes in line with a lot of what I've seen from celebrities and whatnot. And a lot of different people saying, make sure you go out and vote. Like almost everywhere I looked that was live television or recording or something like that, people were saying to go out and vote. They pushed hard for this year. Google did their own thing with it. And actually, Google Assistant was assisting people with finding the closest voting booth in the U.S. And Google's done similar stuff in the past. Uh, but the fact that you can now just say, I just remembered I can't say that particular key phrase around here because my stuff will go off. But hey, goo. And it will, well, hey, goo. Where's the closest voting station? And it will tell me that and that's really important for a good political you know election like you need people to go out and vote and the fact that google is willing to do that and push that to as many people as possible with their services because a google assistant is not just like hardware stuff like google home and google home mini it's almost on most smartphones out there even iphones have the ability to use google assistant so that was an interesting push from them. And it surprised me to agree, but it also didn't. Um, I didn't see as much of a push from Facebook as I expected to. But that's neither here or there. And Juan is saying, nice using technology to for, um, for our better life. And that's essentially what it is. He's right. Like this, it's small things like this that help in your daily life that improve things. Now, what I would really like is if Google could roll this out to other countries that are doing elections and actually have that work for there as well. That's the next step that I think Google needs to do. Not just keep focusing on the U.S. for these different features. But we'll just have to see how they roll that out. 
Oh, no one. If Google asked you to vote for someone in particular, they would be overstepping their bounds. No one should be telling you who to vote for. The whole thing about it is choosing who best represents you. Not only in your as your town uh, mayor, your state governor, or your country's prime minister or president, or whatever they are. That should be a choice that you make for yourself. And that's how it should always be. That's that's the point of democracy. You should never be voting just for a party. You should always be voting for someone who embodies what you want them to represent about you. Not because your mom uh, went with this particular person or your dad went or your sister or your brother or your Grammy or whoever it is. Voting is about you and your voice and making sure that it's heard. It's like the ads presidents do when they're needing votes. <laughs> Maybe. But that's them campaigning for themselves. Sometimes they give truth, sometimes they don't. And so that's why fact checkers are there. And that's why fact checkers are have become so popular, uh, even with Google and them doing their own fact checking stuff when it comes to people in politics are saying but i don't want to deride the, well derail the conversation and go off into politics i i could talk about that on its own i don't want to like get technology too heavy in that especially on this show that we try to keep things away from politics so that's actually it for this week's episode of more tech Again, if you liked any part of this episode, do feel free to like, follow, subscribe uh, on any of the platforms. You can always go to morecookies.com, M-O-A-R cookies.com to listen to any of the past shows, e either with the audio version, which is our podcast, which, you know, you could also go on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere, even like I um, tune in. We're on there. So quite literally anywhere that you listen to podcasts, you can listen to us except for Spotify. I'm sorry, not Spotify, SoundCloud. We're not on SoundCloud. Um, and, you know, the video versions, we have those on YouTube. So head right over to youtube.com slash more cookies, and you can watch any of our past shows, eSports Wrap or More Tech. By the way, eSports Wrap is always on Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. More Tech will be back next week, Thursday, at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as well. You can also follow us on our Discord chat and actually keep up to breast with pretty much anything that we're going and talking about. Uh, we're trying to make that a bit more interactive. And so if you want to talk tech or esports or gaming, that's the place where you should probably head into. And, well, until next time, guys, take care.